0: Our campaign for recognition continues. It seems that the actor for the cover art for Dr. Disrespect's Dead Drop game seems to have gotten in touch. Tim Neff, looking at you, buddy. Hopefully there's a collaboration that we can do at some point, or I can leverage your stellar reputation. I don't usually care about this stuff, but it seems too coincidental to pass up as an opportunity. So again, Dr. Disrespect, hit me up. This podcast is perfect for your game. Maybe it isn't anyway, if you've been here before, you know we're here to talk about the gaming news, so let's get stuck into it. This is your transfer for the 4th of August, 2022, and these are the new stories that you need to know. Sony has just started trying to stir the pot with the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard acquisition by saying that being in control of the Call of Duty IP could influence players' choices on which consoles they buy. This has come out as official responses as part of the Brazil regulatory body questioning the deal and just the standard process that countries go through when a big acquisition like this takes place. It seems like Sony's response to questions from the Brazilian government has put a focus on the idea that Call of Duty has no rivals in the industry as a game and can carry so much weight that if it goes exclusive could force more users to purchase Xbox instead of Sony consoles. In my opinion, content like this making the news is purely because the FTC really doesn't seem to be putting a stop to any of the acquisition stuff for monopoly reasons. It makes sense that Sony would want to lash out a little bit and make it clear that they want to be able to release games like this on their console, even though Microsoft has a controlling state in the developer. But I think this brings up an important philosophical question. Do games provide utility? that is an ethical requirement from game developers to provide them to as many people as possible? Or is it just a business move, a product that gets provided for money, and all the business decisions should be what drives the release of the content? I don't have an answer for this one, but I'd be happy to break open the discussion to hear what you think. Get in touch on Twitter, at MattBlissPod, or reply to the post for this episode on Instagram, at DeadDropPodcast. I'd be more than happy to start a dialogue and maybe even bring your opinions into the next episode. There's not enough discussion of game philosophy these days, so let's get it started. You may have seen the headlines this week of a player who spent an eye-watering $100,000 on the new Diablo Immortal game from Blizzard, but has found that he can't play the PvP portion of the game anymore. He's spent so much money and won so many matches, his character is so powerful. That the matchmaking service in the game can't find anyone for him to match with, which means he can't play the game anymore. The fact that he has spent so much money and can't play the game means he's reached out to Blizzard to find a resolution for his problem. And they have since gotten back to him and said that they will be issuing a bug fix, whether it is a bug or not remains to be seen, but they will be issuing a fix to amend this part of the game to ensure that he continues to play it. Feels like I'm getting existential this week. But the important question I'd ask is whether they should be providing for players who spend this ridiculously large sum of money on the game to allow them to continue playing it? Or should someone be stepping in and asking that maybe they didn't program the game this way because it's an irrational sum of money to put into a game that doesn't provide the same utility as $100,000 would? Nevertheless, they will issue the fix. I'm sure people will still continue to be able to spend the money that they want to. And it is still making a lot of money despite all the objections from the player base. So we'll have to see where this story ends up in the long run. Good news for PC gamers. It seems that leaker has made information available stating that the NVIDIA GeForce RTX 4070 Ti will easily match the power of the 3090 Ti. For those that don't know, these are two graphics cards in different generations. The 3090 being a late release with an immense amount of power compared to its siblings and the 4070 being on the second from the lowest tier of the new graphics cards that haven't been released yet. This big power bump and possibly a price reduction in the availability as well means that there's going to be a lot of power available to gamers when the 40 series of Nvidia's GeForce RTX cards gets released. This is of course a leaker we have to take all of this news with a pinch of salt but it should be said that new generation architecture coming shortly could hopefully be able to leverage a large amount of power for anyone who uses the devices fingers crossed that with crypto mining off the roadmap a little bit that these new cards will be available to gamers and people that intend to use them not those who want to mine cryptocurrency it seems that ea is still trying to offset the tailspin their twitter account made recently with a post stating there are 10, but they only like playing single player games. This post seeming to imply that single player game players are not worthy in the industry currently. And this would make sense, correlating it with their release of live service games that focus on making money more so than creating experiences. During their earnings call, the CEO Andrew Wilson has reassured investors that single player games are still on the roadmap. They are still very important to EA And even people at EA have been clarifying that it's part of a team that's outsourced, not part of gaming per se, and they don't really make these posts with full knowledge of what they imply. So there's a lot of PR spin that EA is having to do after a single Twitter post, which shows you the impact of social media these days. And while EA is responsible for a lot of single player games that we would put up there in our top tens all across the planet, not entirely sure that saying this is putting anyone's minds at ease. Google has made some amendments to their developer program policies for the Google Play Store. Among many different changes, one of these coming out is its rule on interstitial ads. Beginning September 30, it's expected that full screen interstitial ads that pop up when users have selected a different action, not the ad itself, will no longer be permitted. Additionally, these full screen ads will only be permitted for 15 seconds uninterrupted until there's a way for users to opt out of it. And even if the app targets children, there has to be a way to skip the advertising entirely within five seconds. So these changes are hopefully looking to benefit the industry a little bit more. I'm sure there are plenty of other changes to develop a program if you are someone who makes mobile games. I would urge you to jump into the show notes and have a look at these rules yourself so that you're across them. And in a couple of little funny stories that I discovered to take you into the weekend, Android Authority has posted a review of a phone case that is essentially a Game Boy, at least in the style of the old Game Boy or Game Boy Pocket. This Game Boy case seems to be fully functional without requiring the phone itself. It runs a basic Chinese emulator and looks to include specific game titles such as Super Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, and Tetris. Is a product like this breaking copyright and using IP that they shouldn't have access to? Absolutely. But that's the state of products that are developed in the Chinese market and available for purchase. Nevertheless, if you're keen to have something else to distract you a little bit while you're on your phone, not being the phone itself, check out that Android Authority article. The link is in the show notes. And as predicted, Elden Ring is going to be making news for an incredibly long time. This time, Eurogamer is reporting on a hacker who has modded Elden Ring the game to remove the Erd tree to improve the frame rate. For anyone who isn't aware, the Erd tree is a golden tree that seems to tower over the entire game space and map and always sits in frame and in view, no matter what direction or where you are going in the game. Removing this as an object likely improves the frame rate because it has to animate the tree in the background and do a bunch of things to it but it's probably the first time we've seen players trying to remove things from in-game in order to improve their quality. It's a very interesting result for Elden Ring, and who knows? Maybe Bandai Namco will take this on board and add it as a improvement possibility to the game. Who knows? Elden Ring is sure to chop and change consistently over time. And that is the gaming industry news that you need to know. This is your first episode. Welcome to the Dead Drop community. Head to deaddroppod.com to check out the sources of the stories and more. Follow the Instagram for more stories or follow me on Twitter at maplistpod for even more stuff. Join me every Monday and Thursday for the latest game news. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, but more importantly, tell your friends about the Dead Drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days.